Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. So, Lynn, great to see you again. What topics do you want to touch upon today? Dean, what else but the hottest regulatory topic that is today? <laughs> Section 1071 of the uh, the Dodd-Frank uh, uh, Act, basically. It's, it's, talking, it's being talked about by everybody today. Oh boy, you're right about that, Lynn. So how, you know, I guess I'll ask you this. I I did, and I I knew, I know I need to get a life, but 888 pages. Yes. I mean, so how can you help our listeners understand this complex topic? Covering it in 10 to 15 minutes uh, uh, will be quite a challenge, even though I know we try to keep this five to 10 minutes, but. (laughs) I'm going to talk real fast, like a New Yorker, Dean. How's that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you are correct. It's, it's a, it's a bear. Uh, yeah. but, uh, you, you are going to join me in a broad broadcast of a comprehensive 90 minute webinar recap in the next few days. Uh, so listeners may want to check back in to geodatavision.com to listen to that complete broadcast after we do it on May 3rd. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It should be very enlightening to our audience, uh, uh, on May 3rd. Um, so, uh, you know, how do we get through or how do we start today's yeah. executive overview of 1071 because this is a lot to unpack Len. oh yeah yeah so let me let me i'm just going to cover of course a couple of the topics it's there's a lot to go over so i'm going to start yep. talking about who a covered lender is under 1071 uh, who has to do all the data collection and reporting that should be the first topic for anybody to uh, to focus on so covered lenders unlike CRA reporters, will no longer be based on asset size, but rather are going to be based on the volume of, quote, covered, end quote, business loans that they make. Any institution that originates 100 or more covered loans for a two-year period of time, two consecutive years, would be deemed to be a covered lender. Now, to give you an idea of the magnitude of this, under CRA, there are only about 600, quote, large banks that must report their small business and small farm and community development lending annually. But Section 1071 is not limited to banks only. It embraces any financial institution that engages in commercial loans. The number of mandatory reporters under 1071 is going is estimated that it's going to be four times the number of mandatory bank reporters under CRA. So the impact is going to be big and it goes beyond the banking industry itself. It's going to involve credit unions, commercial loan companies, et cetera. Now, an important implication is that any institution that extends commercial credit in modest volumes will need to maintain a data collection system, even if they are not a covered lender, because covered lenders are redetermined every year, annually. So it, is, it will be imperative to maintain a data collection system that will help non-covered lenders determine if they become lenders. And this is all the more important because once a lender qualifies as a covered lender, they will be immediately, I'm 
the day after literally will be required to start the owner's data collection mandated under 1071. So the impact is dramatic and it's immediate as soon as you're qualified. You, there's not going to be any grace period or leeway that allows you, oh, all right, we got 12 months now to get the system in place. No, you are going to be expected to be ready once you qualify the day after you have to start data collection. That's very big. So, yeah, I would agree with that. And I know you've you've indicated here a covered lender. So please explain to the audience the definition of the all-important covered loan. Yes, because, of course, that's what's going to trigger the uh, qualification for a covered lender. So mm. a covered loan is a business loan that's not an excluded transaction extended to a small business as defined in Section 1071. Now, the definition of a small business for Section 1071 purposes is very different from the CRA definition, which is based on loan size. For Section 1071, it's the size of the borrower as measured by the gross annual revenues that's determinative. Right away, I'm certain our listeners have heard the, the phrase excluded transaction and are wondering what that means. Well, believe it or not, there are 14 factors to consider when you determine if a transaction is a covered loan application or not. And unfortunately, we don't have the time for me to get into that today, to that today or we'd be going 90 minutes. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to remind our listeners that we will have a recorded version of the 90-minute uh, webinar on the Geodata Vision website uh, after May 3rd. And I'll encourage people to go to hear more about all those exceptions. But for now, a covered loan transaction is a loan to a business that uh, meets the size test, the $5 million or less gross annual revenue. But we're going to get to that in a second. So go ahead, Dean. Yeah, I certainly can see where compliance officers, hopefully they'll call us and they're going to need help or they're going to need 14 compliance officers in each uh, uh, each mm -hmm. financial institution just to deal with all these types of things. So um, what what's the maximum gross annual revenue to qualify as small business credit under the new 1071 rule? Uh, well, the, the gross annual revenue at least for the first five years, is going to be $5 million annually, gross annual revenue of $5 million or less. That triggers it to be recognized as a small business loan. And this means that the number of transactions reported are going to be far larger than the transactions reported under CRA, which has been limited to loans of $1 million or less for small businesses and $500,000 or less for small farms. So between the increase in the number of reporters and the types of reporters and the business size definition change, the increase in, in re reported loans should be exponential. It should be huge. Wow. I mean, so there, there'll there be a real burden on any and all commercial lenders. Um, so describe to the audience, Lynn, what data covered lender is mandated to collect? Well, that's, right. That itself could be a 90-minute topic, too, yeah. uh, because what you're going to find out is that there's up to 81 different fields of data compared to 16 for the current CRA. So the number of data fields to uh, capture is going to quintuple five times what it is under CRA. And that data will include not only the loan type and the course of action, just like uh, Humda, by the way, you know, uh, it's also going to have geocoding requirements. It's also going to have uh, details about the interest rate, the term of the loan, and the controversial, quote, protected demographic information. Indeed, there's plenty of compliance risk here because collecting the protected demographic information 
for a transaction that's not a covered loan is a violation of ECOA, but not collecting the information for a covered transaction also is a potential ECOA violation. So you had better be careful that you qualify every transaction as a covered or non-covered transaction, or you could get into a lot of trouble real fast. Oh yeah, and I, you know, and this is this is actually uh, going back many, many, many moons um, when you start talking about ECOA and the government monetary information, and you know, just thinking back, Len, in my early days when applications in most cases. And, and I'll refer to them as automobile applications, but the kind of the generic loan application had that government monitoring information um, available right on it. And, and while you didn't require it or ask for it, it would typically come back completed by an applicant. And as you just alluded to under 1071, um, it's the same. It's, it's really the same problem. Whereas if you don't take a big black magic marker and cross it out in the cases where it's not needed, it would be considered illegal. And then mm-hmm. the regulators are going to challenge you uh, on on who collected that and why you collected it and whether or not it had any type of uh, disparate uh, uh, treatment impacts on on the applicant themselves. Well, you know, so. Uh, what is the protected demographic information that they're referring to in 1071? Well, there's two categories uh, if that uh, protected demographic information re, uh, basically refers to. One is the status of the business, and the other is uh, re- pertains to the principles in the business. Now, regarding the status of the business, what we're talking about is if the business is a minority-owned or women-owned or LGBTQ plus owned business. And regarding the principles of the business, you're talking about race, ethnicity, and sex are the principles of the business. And there are several things to be really careful about here. First, the answers to these questions are strictly to be determined by the borrower, not the lender. In fact, the regulation forbids visual identification or even any attempt to verify the answers provided by the applicant. Uh, oh lord oh lord (laughs) i mean this is just crazy and it gets so darn complicated between again ecoa what the requirements are there what the requirements are for humda reporting what the requirements now are for 1071 all i can Mm -hmm. say len is wow 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 yep and there's and dean there's a few more points i just want to quickly mention in this very brief podcast for example lenders will now need to capture the North American Industrial Classification Code for borrowers, and the number of employees employed by the borrower. And moreover, whereas under CRA, it was only the loans that were originated, refinanced, or renewed, or purchased, under 1071, it's going to be all applications are reported. So even loans that are never made, the applications, just like HUMDA, are going to be reported. So you're going to have those different courses of action. uh, And just get ready. All I can say is, Whoa, get ready and fasten your seatbelts. 1071 is coming. Yeah, yeah, this is, oh my God, fasten your seatbelts. I guess you've got to bit put, install a few more seatbelts for this, for that matter. Uh, you know, this has been a great primer, I think, uh, on the new section 1071. And, and I do mean a primer, uh, given that it's 888 pages long. But I would certainly encourage our listeners to go visit uh, geodatavision.com. Uh, to hear the uh, entire 90-minute broadcast um, that will be occurring on May 3rd next week 
of our uh, comprehensive presentation on Section 1071. Uh, Thank you. This is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting saying thank you for joining today. And this is Len Suzio of GeoDataVision saying we hope you enjoyed. Maybe that's not the right word because uh, it might have been excruciating <laughs> to listen to this. <laughs> but we hope you got some kind of information out of today's broadcast. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.